Are you tired of losing your rights and freedoms? The Alberta Prosperity Project has a solution for you. Join the community and learn more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And with you on board, we can achieve freedom and prosperity for all of us. Ezra Van here, what a pleasure to be with you. I like doing these live streams. I wish I had more time to do them, but I'd like to pop in for 15 minutes just to tell you some of the things I'm following out of the corner of my eye. There's a lot of news about COVID and the vaccines and the recommendations and how they were approved. And it's sort of funny that it's all coming out now in October 2022, a year or really a year since the vaccine push started uh, in earnest. Um, now that everyone's got jabbed, now you have to be very careful to talk about this on YouTube because they'll ban you in a heartbeat. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've read the YouTube guidelines very carefully on COVID misinformation. They basically say an opinion that's not mainstream is by definition misinformation. And one of the things that really, they give certain examples, like you can't say that the vaccines have a microchip in them. You can't um, talk up fake cures, things like that. Now, of course, what's a fake cure? Doctors have different opinions on things like hydroxychloroquine or, or, or um, you know, this, for example, or ivermectin. I'm not going to talk about that, but I'm giving you examples that the COVID misinformation policy on YouTube has some specific examples, some of which I probably would agree is misinformation, some of which I think is just a difference of opinion. You could have two doctors with two different opinions. But the thing that always bothered me the most about YouTube's COVID censorship was that they have a line in there. I don't have it in front of me, but I don't know if you could find it quickly, Olivia, but if you if you Google COVID uh, misinformation, COVID community guidelines, Google or YouTube, YouTube COVID community guidelines um, pops up pretty quickly there. And, and one of the items on the list, I haven't looked at it in a little while, but I remember it pretty clearly, is um, if you contradict... Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly it. You found it very quickly. Thank you for that. Can you find the line about contradicting health authorities, contradicting health officials? And that bothered me. Listen, it all bothers me. It all bothers me. Yeah. Can you pump that up um, for, for me to uh, take a gander at? Um, so they have examples here of diagnosis, transmission, the existence of COVID, but can you search on this page for um, health officials? Well, uh, yeah, scroll down if you're caught. Yeah, scroll down, scroll. Um, content, claims, other con. Oh, um, categorical claims. See, they have ivermectin there, hydroxychloroquine. I mentioned those things. Keep going a little bit more. Ah, there it is. You see prevention misinformation? You see that line there? Content that promotes prevention methods that contradict local health authorities or the World Health Organization. And I think there's one more line there about local health authorities. Can you use uh, search for the word local? Can you on that screen? You know how to do that, like Apple F or whatever, for the word local. Yeah, it, it pops up a couple times. If you contract, yeah, you see every case there. Um, yeah, that, that's one right there. That's one right there. Can you put that one up there? Claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or World Health Organization. In fact, 
can you just keep that on the screen and just click find again, find again? They always come back to that line. Yeah, and just you could show that while you're while you're doing it. Just put that back on the screen. So if you search again and again, they always say you can't contradict local health authorities. You can't contradict local health authorities. Thank you for yeah, so it's all over there. Thank you, Olivia. You found that very quickly. Here's my point, my friends. What's a local health authority? Some unelected health bureaucrat that was appointed by some politician. And they're different in every jurisdiction, right? And a health authority, they don't mean like an authoritative doctor. They mean like some political position. So by definition, not only is Google YouTube taking an opinion on medical things, and Google is not a doctor. And if Google consults a doctor, well, there's other doctors with other points of view. But embedded in their censorship list there, they say you cannot, you cannot disagree with your local boss. That's what a health authority is. Your own doctor may say something. Uh, science may say something. But whatever your local boss, your local government boss says, you can't contradict your local government boss. It's deeply undemocratic. It's not just unscientific. Because you could have 10 local authorities saying 10 different things, and you can't defy any of them. You can't criticize any of them. And I, and I emphasize that, and I show you that. Because what happens if your local health authority, if the surgeon general of your American state happens to be a bit of a vaccine skeptic? Uh-oh. Well, how do you square that one? Because I just showed you, Olivia, thanks for finding it so quickly. YouTube, Google says you can't say this, 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 this about vaccines or the pandemic. By the way, some of those things I wouldn't say. Some of those things are a little crazy. But other things are a legitimate part of an ongoing debate in the middle of a crisis. But, you, but I showed you, Olivia showed you five times local authority. You cannot criticize your local authority. Anything that, that disagrees with your local authority is disinformation that goes against their policy. So what does YouTube, Google, and Facebook, and Instagram, and Twitter, they're all very similar. What do they do when the local health authority happens to be a Surgeon General, went to Harvard, medical doctor, super smart guy, says, yeah, we've seen a study that says we should not, is this the latest one? This is not the latest one. This is another story about him slamming Biden about restricting antibodies. Where I'm talking about uh, the Florida Surgeon General who went on Twitter. If you go, yeah, go on Twitter, just go to the Florida Surgeon General, who said, we have new science. This is what the Florida Surgeon General said. We have new science that says we should not give the vaccine for young to young people because the risks outweigh the uh, benefits. And if you just go to the Surgeon General's own Twitter feed, you'll see the tweet. Yeah, that's the Twitter page right there, exactly. Joseph A. Ladapo. MD, PhD, 25th State Health Officer and Surgeon General of the great state of Florida, Father of Three, 
runner, advocate for healthy living, Harvard grad, Harvard grad. Okay, scroll down and, and let's find the tweet in question. So he's rebutting the claim yeah, a little bit further. Um, we're looking for the tweet that was banned but then brought back up. Okay, so we're not looking for the ones I retweeted today. We're looking for the ones where he... Okay, let me just... If you can find it, great. Maybe just Google his name in the news, and maybe it'll be somewhere else. But here's what he did. And I don't want to mischaracterize it, so that's why I want to read it. He said, yikes, this new study is about young people and the vaccine is concerning, so we are not going to recommend the vaccine for, for people under a certain age. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I want to get it just right. So this, would you not say, yeah, here he is, here it is, that's it. So he put this up a couple days ago. Today, we released an analysis on COVID-19 mRNA vaccines the public needs to be aware of. This analysis showed an increased risk of cardiac-related death among men 18 to 39. Florida will not be silent on the truth and, it's, and then it says guidance, and then scroll down just a little bit, please. And then press release. Can you click on that press release? So as you can see, this is a government of Florida health release. State Surgeon General Dr. Joseph A. Ladapo issues new mRNA COVID-19 vaccine guidance. And this was um, October 7th. Today, State Surgeon General Joseph A. Lepetto, Ledepo has announced new guidance regarding MNRA vaccines. The Florida Department of Health conducted an analysis through a self-controlled case series, which is a technique originally developed to evaluate vaccine safety. The analysis found that there is an 84%, am I reading that right? 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39-year-olds within 28 days following mRNA vaccination. With a high level of global immunity to COVID-19, the benefit of vaccination is likely outweighed by the abnormally high risk of cardiac-related death among men in the age group. Non-mRNA vaccines were not found to have these increased risks. As such, the state surgeon general recommends against Males 18 to 39 from receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Those with pre-existing cardiac conditions such as myocarditis and pericarditis should take particular caution when making this decision. And then they quote the doctor and then they have more information. Thanks, Olivia. So what I have shown you today so far is the YouTube Google guidelines that this broadcast itself is laboring under that you cannot promote misinformation about vaccines. Well, I would never do that. And they define misinformation as contradicting or disobeying or being against your local health authority. Yeah, here's our story. Florida Department of Health recommends against mRNA vaccine for males 18 to 39 years old. So I just showed you again and again, YouTube and Google are saying, do not contradict your medical bosses. Now, the Surgeon General of Florida is not my doctor. He's not my friend, and I'm actually not even a Floridian. But if I was a Floridian, 
I would say I have the right to contradict whoever I darn well please. It's in the First Amendment, I would say, if I was an American. But YouTube Google disagrees. They say you must not, cannot, shall not, will not defy your local health authority. And it don't get much more authoritative than the Surgeon General and the head of Florida Health. And this was not an untutored opinion. This was the result of a, a study, an investigation. So now what you're going to do, YouTube, Google, you literally warned all of us, do not defy your health bosses. And there's the health boss. Well, Twitter, Twitter suspended that tweet. Twitter froze that tweet because they have similar rules. Uh-oh, you can imagine, you know, silence skeptics obey health authorities. Which button do they push? Well, they push one and then they push the other. Very interesting, don't you think? Very, very interesting. Remember, do not disobey your health bosses. Oh, unless, uh, unless the health boss is worried about mRNA vaccines. But let me show you news out of Europe. And again... Never, never, never contradict a Pfizer executive. I mean, that's just, I'm surprised they haven't given Pfizer the Nobel Prize for medicine and Nobel Prize for physics and chemistry and then definitely the Nobel Peace Prize and, then, and the Nobel Prize for economics. I mean, they've made tens of billions of dollars. I mean, they surely deserve the Nobel Prize for economics. So remember, if I can just add the unwritten rule, Never, 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 never contradict a Pfizer executive. I mean, look, they're big farmer. Would they lie to you? Well, let me show you the European Parliament where this MEP, that's the member of the European Parliament, so it's member of the European Union has their own parliament in Brussels. So they were having hearings and they had a Pfizer executive come to testify. Okay, so let's get the truth from the Pfizer executive. And I'll, let me show you the exchange there And again, I'm just following YouTube Google guidance. Do not disobey your health authorities. Do not disobey Pfizer. D take a look. If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it for all of society. That's what I said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. In a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me, at the time of introduction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. This removes the entire legal basis for the COVID passport. The COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. Please watch the video until the end. Voor u, mevrouw Smal, heb ik de volgende vraag waar ik een duidelijk antwoord op wil. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please. Say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. 
Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stop and humanization before um, it's entered the market? No, uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This is scandalous. Millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Now, this turned out to be a cheap lie. This should be exposed. Please share this video. Now, I saw that video on Twitter um, half an hour ago, and it has not yet been censored. Uh, maybe it will be. Now, I paid close attention, and he asked a question on transmission, and the person who answered said the word immunization. So I'm not quite sure if she did what he asked. He said, please answer it very clearly. And I think she actually used a different word. He said, was it tested on whether it stopped transmission? And I don't think she answered using the same word. So it's a very interesting clip. I'm actually not 100% sold on it, to be, to be candid, because I don't, I don't think his question was vague at all. His, his question was very clear. He sort of asked it a couple times, actually. And he was speaking English, and she was speaking English. But I don't know if her answer was, was on point. I, I, I'm not making excuses for her. It's just he said, was the vaccine tested to, to stop transmission? She, and she replied using the word immunization. So I'm actually not 100% sold on this, but I'm sold enough to, to I would want a clarification. I would want a follow-up. And... I really do want the answer to the question, was there any testing to block transmission? Because, of course, more, most vaccines are to protect you. You vaccinate yourself so you don't get sick. That's how vaccines have traditionally been defined. The, the idea of it blocking transmission, that's a, that's really, uh, uh, that was one of the rationales cooked up during COVID-19 for the vaccine mandate as that I think he was Dutch, member of the European Parliament. So, so anyways, I'm going to wrap up now um, on those two subjects because I just find it fascinating. Both of them go to what is an expert. If the Surgeon General and head of health for, what, the third largest state in the union? or sec You know, there's California, Texas, and then Florida, I think. Can't remember if Florida's bigger than New York. So it's one of the top four states. PhD MD from Harvard says, whoa, young men should not take mRNA vaccines. Okay, so does that mean you can't contradict them? And if you contradict them, you're violating YouTube, Google? That's what the reading of the rules seem to say to me. And then here you have a Pfizer executive. And I, again, I'm not sure if she's being misinterpreted because it's a little bit, there was a, a, a terminological difference between the question and the answer. So I want to learn more. But if indeed that MEP is correct and the Pfizer boss, the Pfizer director says, no, we didn't test transmission, that's a pretty incredible thing to say. And can I quote, excuse me, question in the back here, can I quote a Pfizer exec who says it wasn't actually tested on the issue of transmission? Or, or am I only allowed to quote Pfizer when they say self-serving things? So a little interesting day on the vaccine front, you wouldn't be thinking that we would be talking about these things in October 2022, but that's what happens when you rush a vaccine into market on an emergency youth use authorization before they're fully tested. I want to talk about one more thing before we go. I was in Aberdeen, Scotland 
on the weekend. Aberdeen is very far away from my home. It was a bit of a schlep to get there, but I got there and I went there because during the lockdowns, there was a young woman and her mom and her younger brother who were at home in Aberdeen and um, they were just, you know, at home during the lockdowns. And I don't know if they were noisy or something, but a neighbor snitched on them. A neighbor snitched. A neighbor said they're having an illegal gathering. A neighbor called the police and said, come and stop them. And the police came, except for the police did not have a search warrant. You know the old saying, a man's home is his castle. That's actually a British legal concept. So here you are in Scotland, which is part of Great Britain. A man's home is your castle. You no search warrant. Just some snitchy neighbor who said they're having an illegal gathering. And and Olivia, I'd like you to show you. I'd like you to show the actual video of when the police stormed in and simply refused to leave. No search warrant. No crime of any sort. Um, false information from the snitch about an illegal gathering and look what happens when gabby and her mom and her brother say get out the cops do not get out gabby is the one holding the phone and she actually has an epileptic seizure take a look So that's Callum Smiles, one of our new reporters in the UK. Now, can you go to the video that I actually filmed when I was in Aberdeen over the weekend? I want to show you. I met with Gabby, who's the 20-year-old woman. I think she was 19 or 18 at the time. And uh, you'll see her brother, Luke, who's 11, was there. Too. I think he was 10 at the time. So imagine this. You're at home with your mom, Julie, your sister, Gabby, and your 10-year-old boy named Luke. And cops come in, no warrant, and they're told, get out. They refuse to get out. They come in, they push, they push, they push, they push. Your sister has a seizure. You go to help her, but the cops say, stay back. And they don't help her. And you're a 10-year-old lad. Can you fast forward to when I, in, in the video, can you find where I chat with Luke? Because, I mean, Gabby's interesting to talk to, of course. But, yeah, that's the boy there. Um let me show you my, I, I didn't talk to him long. I don't, I don't really feel comfortable interviewing children. I mean, I did it with Gabby's permission. I just wanted to put on the record. 
Imagine seeing your mom and your sister attacked by a bunch of cops in your own private home. Your sister has a seizure. And the cops will not let you help her, these cops. And, and the reason this is so atrocious is that they're actually prosecuting Gabby, the girl who had the seizure. They're she fell down, had the seizure. They're charging her with assault. What, because she was flopping around in a seizure? They're actually taking this to court. In fact, I think they're going to court tomorrow. Here, take a look at this. Yeah. He was crying and he was, he was all loud and, oh my God, oh my God, someone, get her, get her someone, get her someone. You know, he was totally in a state. So were you worried more about the, the cops or about your mom's, uh, sorry, your sister's seizure? Sister's seizure. Did the cops help her at all with the seizure? Not, no, no. I think they just screamed. They were just screaming, get away from her. They were yeah, just screaming. That's what they were doing. Yeah. They were screaming at my own mum and brother to, that were trying to help me, that have, you know, obviously done all this before with me, to get away from me. Yeah. I don't want to ask you any tough questions. You're just a kid. A terrible thing happened and you saw it. Do you think about this from time to time? Does it bother you? Yeah, it does. It bothers me, too. I can tell you that, Gabby, which... There were a lot of terrible things done by police around the world in the name of the lockdown. This was January. Anyways, that's Luke and Gabby. You can see the whole story at standwithgabby.co.uk. We hired a law firm for them in Scotland. Actually, it's a great law firm. I can't even believe we got them. They, they were the lawyer for the prime minister there. They called the first minister of Scotland in a criminal case. So these are top guns. And... You know, Gabby and her family are very working class, and I think there's a classist element here. Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer, the Labour leader, they all had their wild parties in Parliament, boozy parties. Every bloody politician in the UK broke the rules. You name it. The health minister, he got sacked over it. Boris Johnson, one of the reasons he lost his prime ministership is he was violating the rules. Dominique Cummings, every bloody Brit, in the government and the opposition. They all broke the rules because they none of them believed in the rules. The rules were just for the little people. Do you think Keir Starmer or Boris Johnson or Dominic Cummings were prosecuted for a, in criminal court for breaking the rules? And I'm telling you that Gabby and Luke and her mom, Julie, did not break the rules. They were just at home. It was the snitch who lied, some snitchy neighbor. They're actually going to court with this. You don't think there's a classist element? I'm no Marxist, but I'm, I can see with my own eyes that there is a classist element to the United Kingdom society. And if, if Gabby Burnett was some posh, connected, you know, Cambridge or Oxford grad, I can assure you she would not be roughed up by police and prosecution. I am mad about this case. And I was happy to meet her and her brother. And if you want to help us, go to standwithgabby.co.uk. So I'm not going to be there for the trial tomorrow, but our reporter over there, Callum Smiles, will be. All right, well, I've been talking at you for a while. It's 1230. I'm going to say goodbye now. I'm going to hand things over. I see my friend Sheila Gunn-Reed on deck. Sheila, thanks for taking over. Let's throw to a quick commercial about our new documentary in Calgary. And when you come back, I'll be gone and Sheila will be here. See you later, everybody. It's the values. You look at Western values in Western society, and these are values we could all relate to, but they're old world values of grit and 
community and perseverance. It's a place where you can make a living with your back and your hands and a little bit of hard work. And it's a place of opportunity. And I think as Albertans, we're fiercely protective of that. The world's energy crisis has been grabbing newspaper headlines. In a nutshell, we're running short of petroleum resources and the prices are zooming upwards. My colleagues in the government and I have come reluctantly to believe that the price of oil in Canada must go up. This was Alberta. The origin of the Alberta separatist movement begins with the election of Pierre Trudeau as prime minister. It was, it was a deliberate and malicious targeting of the West, which suited Pierre Trudeau just fine, just like it suits Justin Trudeau just fine. Sunny ways, my friends. Blackface. There is an actual hostile government towards Alberta. Why did your dad give everyone in Western Canada the middle finger? Really, in politics, you do have to make uh, big decisions. And whenever you make this big decisions, there's going to be people who agree with it and people who don't disagree with it. Plenty of people want to leave this country. It's not the kind of idea you'd expect to hear from someone who wants to win power and hold power. It's a, it is a radical idea. And you would normalize the discussion. And so maybe Alberta wouldn't have to go because maybe the rest of the country and the rest of the world would say, whoa, don't go. Will you accept these changes instead? That's what happened to Quebec. There's no Maple Leafs west of the Manitoba border. Why do we, why do we have a Maple Leaf by unilateral decision on the Canadian flag? Think of how the American colonists were in 1775. That's how a lot of Albertans are today. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the second part of the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, today is National Face Your Fears Day, and she fears nothing except for buses on curvy mountainous rides and confined places. So don't ever leave her in a bus in a garage because she will scream like a banshee. And yes, I have seen her do that. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. <laughs> She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing today on National Face Your Fears Day, Sheila? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm um, feeling extra vulnerable because you told all my enemies my Achilles heels, but okay. You know, all it's going to take is a leftist to come throw a jacket over my head and I'm going to have a panic attack because you told everybody that I'm claustrophobic or spin me around and make me dizzy because you told them I'm carsick. But yes, David, I'm doing great. It's also National Sausage Pizza Day which oh, is good. There is a punchline just dangling there. Sausage pizza day, do you say? I dare not it, say it. <laughs> leave it. It's also International Day of the Girl Child. And I see Justin Trudeau is tweeting about how he's going to support girl children um, to grow up to be powerful women or something like that. And then I guess when they become powerful women, you just, just arrest them on the streets of Ottawa when, when they get a little bit too uppity about how powerful they are. Or grope them. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> 
What a guy. How are you doing, David? How was uh, your Thanksgiving weekend? It, you know what? We're having beautiful weather here in the GTA, and I got my fat ricotta cheese candy ass on my bicycle because these days are they're going to be gone soon, and I just pedaled into farm country. I always think about you when I'm pedaling into farm country. That's not too far north of Richmond Hill. Of course, in Richmond Hill, uh, the city is trying to legislate farms farm out of existence. Farm country. Yeah. Farm country where you're from. That's not farm country. <laughs> That's Big country. yard country, farm country, <laughs> cottage country. You know, though we 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 have different kinds of countries here in uh, Ontario. You know, as a matter of fact, when I started my journalism career in St. Paul, Alberta, and I remember I said, "Whereabouts is cottage country?" and they looked at me like I was an alien. Right? Cottage? What? You like know what? Cottage. You're in St. Paul. <laughs> Yeah, it's, they probably did look at you like you were an alien. They have the alien landing pad there, and you're the reason the aliens ever came, probably. So, so um, but, you know, and I just want to say to the folks that on this National Face Your Fears Day, I wasn't making this up. I wasn't joking. Um, I got to learn a lot about Sheila Gunn-Reed on our trip to Israel back in 2018. And when she was curled up in the fetal position on that bus going down a circular mountainous route, and then when she went into some catacombs, I didn't see her, but I heard her. I heard her screaming as she ran out of there. I wasn't and what's screaming. I was telling people to get out of my way because they wouldn't get out of my way. I needed to get out of there, and I maybe have shoved Ezra Levant just a little bit, but I had to get around him. But <laughs> Sheila, it baffles me, and it's because – you can hunt a rabid wolverine with your bare hands and come out on the winning side. How can these tiny little picadillos terrify you so much? Uh, I don't understand the piece of piano wire in your brain that triggers you into such frightful hysteria when you're on, you know, like I said, a mountainous circular route and a confined space. So anyways, maybe there's help for you. You didn't hear me complaining, though, when I was on that mountainous road going up the Golan Heights and back down. I complained. I just suffered silently <laughs> and moaned and groaned a little bit. That's right. Maybe I laid down, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't complain. I was like, I got to do this. And then when we went under that like Crusader castle, I I did go back through. I waited till everybody was gone. So I didn't have to shove any senior citizens to get through, but I went back through on my own and I ran as fast as I could through it because I wasn't going to let it beat me. I enjoyed absolutely none of it, but I wasn't going to let it beat me. Well, you are indeed a true crusader there. <laughs> and I guess you can now issue an apology for being such in our woke society in which we live. But please, Sheila, tell the folks in the remaining time that we have what we're hoping to do here. Yeah, we've got about 22 minutes left in the show, maybe more because we always go over. But uh, this is the Rebel News Daily live stream. If you want to interact with us and you're watching us on YouTube, perhaps leave that uh, censorship platform behind. Watch us over on Rumble or Odyssey where you can leave us a paid chat. And paid chats, um, I think it's um, over... Our paid chat's $5 and over. We'll read on air because we run out of time rapidly all the time, although we appreciate every little bit. Every little bit helps. Um, and if it's under that amount, under the, I guess, I guess the threshold, we'll show it on air. So the team will make a graphic. They'll show your comment, a question, a story idea on air. Um, and I think that's it. Although I should mention that today's stream is also sponsored by our friends at the Alberta Prosperity Project. They're a nonpartisan, hmm. not-for-profit educational society uniting all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, interests, freedoms, 
rights and of course self-determination i think we might even do we have a, a a commercial from them an ad from them we have their no. logo it looks like Okay, we've got the banner. Okay, that's great. Um, should we move into the uh, business of the day? Yes. And Menzies? the number one item I got here, Sheila, is trans woman. I assume that means transgender woman. Must register for the draft, but not trans men. That must be in the United States, I'm assuming, as well. At the end of the day, biology wins, doesn't it? <laughs> no matter you know, what. Before we get into the nitty gritty, it reminds me of a situation here in Canada, thanks to Justin Trudeau. We covered the protests out in Kitchener where there's a federal penitentiary for women. And a man, he can be like a 300-pound bearded biker. He just has to say, I'm a chick. That's all. Just has to say it. You are serving time with the females. I mean, what could go wrong, especially if you're a sex offender, being in confined quarters with uh, so much prey, if you will. But, Sheila, if you are a woman... And you say, I identify as a male, you do not get to go to a federal male penitentiary. And basically, it's because the guards don't want the extra work. We know you're going to be brutally assaulted, raped, worse, and forget it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, to uh, echo what you just said, it looks like biology wins every time, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and this is a odd, odd thing because it is going to... Uh, I mean, I don't imagine going to some of these less tolerant, less woke parts of the world hmm. as a man identifying as a female. Uh, it just, it's just so dangerous. Oh yes. And, and, and I mean, uh, and, and I'm assuming you're meaning like in the middle East, um, with the exception of Israel, which actually has, you know, two gay pride parades a year versus zero. I think we were there in Tel Aviv yeah. right after pride. That, yeah. That's right, because we saw some of those flags. And, um, and, and yet, this is what I don't understand about the woke left. Until very recently, Sheila, at the Toronto Gay Pride Parade, you had um, a group marching called Queers Against Israeli Apartheid. And what well, was they should incredible. go. They should go tell Hamas their problems. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is accepted, and it's contrary to the truth. And by the way, when you do say Israeli apartheid, there is no apartheid in Israel. So when the premise of your group's name is oh, built I, on I the disagree line, with that. I actually disagree with that. Oh, I think there is apartheid, but it doesn't go the way that everybody says it does because there are places <laughs> in Israel where Jews cannot go. For example, when we wanted to go to Bethlehem, Good we had point. to leave behind our Jewish tour guide and hire a Christian Orthodox one to take us to the um, Church of the Nativity because it wasn't really a good idea for our Jewish tour guide to go behind the security wall yeah. um, that separates Bethlehem from greater Israel. And so there is apartheid, but it is not the way that the woke Western left says it is. Sheila, that's actually a brilliant point. I never thought. Thank you. Of I'm that full way. of them. <laughs> give your, please give yourself right now a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Thank you very Gosh, much. <laughs> but this, I mean, this idea of trans women registering for the draft. What what kind of complications do you see there, Sheila? In terms of, and by the way, trans woman that means a man who's now a woman, right? 
I find this so confusing. I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm just so a trans woman is a guy going through life as a woman, and a trans man. You know what? And you're not going to hear any complaints (laughs) from the trans men. That's the part where you know that even they know that biology wins the day. Is it the trans men? So the women who have transitioned to men, they're not going to complain that they are not obligated to sign up for the draft. They're just going to be like, okay. I'm just going to go over here and, and just stand quietly for once. Um, they're not going to complain that they don't have to go into armed combat <laughs> with uh, enemy combatants because a- even, even they know that biology wins. You know, isn't that amazing, though? Because we hear these trans, trans women are real women, trans men are real men, but oh, until- not really, right? <laughs> not when it comes to going overseas and getting into a foxhole and, you know, putting your life on the line. Then all that gender activist woke bull cripe, uh goes out the window, I should think. So, um, you know, it, it's just another sign of the mad world in which we live in, Sheila. I'm just wondering, when is the pendulum going to swing back. I mean, we see bits and pieces here and there of people standing up to wokeism and um, political correctness and radical transgenderism. But I'm waiting for the deluge to happen because the vast majority of people, they don't support this nonsense. And that's what it is. It's utter nonsense. We're reaching out to people, many of whom I truly believe are mentally ill and should be treated uh, like they are mentally ill people. And I'm talking about you, Mr. Lemieux, the, sh- the busty Lemieux of the shop teacher at Oakville Travolgar High School, um, as opposed to everybody acquiescing to their fantasies, to their fetishes, because to do otherwise would be impolite. Sheila, what's, gone, what's happened to our world? Well, that's the thing. Like, I just don't care how other people are living their lives. I really don't. I don't have time. I'm busy with work. I've got a very busy family. Um, I I just don't care. My problem is don't make me care. Don't use the government to make me care. Don't use social media companies to make me care. Leave me alone and I will leave all of you alone. In fact, like I said, I don't have time to, to care about what you're doing, except insofar as you force everything on everybody else. I think that's where most people fall down on this and that's why most people find busty lemieux so darn offensive is the you know whatever you're doing why are you forcing this on a group of teenage boys in a shop class like it's just so creepy and you know and you literally cannot ask questions about it because even that's an act of transphobia at the last um halton district school board meeting where we got booted out for asking. Oh, it's not going to be the last Halton business, Halton school board meeting. You're going to be kicked out of. Oh boy. (laughs) I'll keep my powder dry on that one. But yeah, you had to submit your questions in writing and they would select those they deemed that they wanted to ask. Do you know democracy? Oh, for tomorrow. (laughs) um, Oh, we didn't know how good we had it, Sheila, because evidently there shall be no questions entertained. Uh, by parents at tomorrow's trustee board meeting. Yeah, that's hot off the press. Feels um, a little bit like how Glenn Youngkin got uh, elected. Exactly. When you start cutting parents out of the... Like, this is a school board meeting. Yes. The school board exists because of students, and students exist because of parents. You answer directly to those parents, or you get your unaccountable... Else come who will answer some questions. 
Yeah, we and we are paying their salaries. They're our servants. And by the way, Sheila, this is, speaks to the bigger picture. I won't delve too deeply into it. Why do we have school boards? Why don't we just give principals added power and get rid of these woke rubbish organizations? Because they're all going woke. I mean, the uh, Hamilton well, Wentworth the District is, School Board. I guess board, the point. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board prior to the weekend said, Happy long weekend, everybody, not Thanksgiving weekend or Thanksgiving Day. Yes, because evidently to say the, the T word, that's kind of it. They've now I guess they've successfully eradicated Christmas with the war on Christmas. And there was so much outrage. And this is why it's good to be outraged, folks. It's good to get your opinions out there that they redid their tweet and they said, happy Thanksgiving Day for those who celebrate it. So even there, uh, they gave themselves- They're celebrating it. They sure weren't at work yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So just in case somebody out there who I would say, Sheila, doesn't you know exist, you know, even if you don't uh, have a Thanksgiving Day dinner, who have you heard about people- you know, crying and writing letters to the editor. What's all this stuff about happy Thanksgiving? It doesn't exist. These are in the minds of these educrats, these woke warriors, yeah. that somehow yeah. somebody out there must be offended. So we're going to fix a problem that does not exist. Well, yeah, and most of these people are those self-sterilizing weirdos. They don't actually have kids, but they want to make sure that your kids are raised the way they see fit. Look, if you want to raise kids to be woke weirdos, have some of your own. And I'm busy minding my business over here. You raise your kids however you feel like. I don't care. But stay out of how I raise my yep. kids. Totally um, agree. I, for I forget what I was going to say now. but Maybe um, uh, our segue We should move to on the to this. Yeah, to the speaking of um, uh, perversion, um, a video here, pervy Christian church supports drag and gender identity. Good God. Christian. Heavy, heavy, heavy quotations again. Is Christian. This a, is this a, a united church? I'm just going to guess. Oh, some sort of Episcopalian nonsense. Gotcha. Sure. Why don't we run the video first? Because uh, I really don't believe I just read what I read. <laughs> Do either of you have any questions for Ms. Pentecost? I like your eyeshadow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you like her eyeshadow. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she'll let you borrow it when you're older, like when you're allowed to wear makeup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think is great about Ms. Pentecost is she reminds us that we, we follow a God who calls us to not conform to things of this world. Uh, that we're supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that means that what I think today may have to change tomorrow if I continue to renew my mind. And it's so cool that we serve a God that calls us to continue to grow and continue to, to change into something new uh, and to not be bound by the ways that the world confines us sometimes, that, that we're supposed to live differently. Do either of you have any questions? You know, Sheila, I think the priest or whatever his title is, the reverend. Oh, he's not a priest. He's just a guy in vestments. That's not a priest. Yeah, he's, he's in a bit of a drag queen uh, ensemble too, perhaps. He's pretending to be a man of the cloth. But he said something that's very telling to this whole argument, Sheila, and it's this. One of the things I find great, great, is, so what I'm saying, Sheila, this idea of transgenderism, drag queens, uh, shop teachers pretending to be a caricature of a female. It's not about tolerance and acceptance anymore, Sheila. 
It's about affirmation. What you're doing is great. How is it great that a man is pretending to be a woman? And he's obviously still a man. Where is the greatness? Have we lost the definition of the word great? But I'm sorry, I am not going to be part of club affirmation. Uh, like you, I'm with uh, tolerance and acceptance. If this person wants to do this in the suburbs in which he lives, if he wants to go to, you know, uh, uh, a drag queen bar and, uh, you know, do his shtick, fine. But the idea of indoctrinating children, whether it's in a place of worship or a school, sorry, that's offside and they should be bloody ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I feel like I'm sunburnt from all the heresy I just looked at there. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed the name of the drag queen there. No. Ms. Pentecost, as in Pentecost. Oh. As in the when the Holy Spirit came down to the disciples, um, when you're confirmed as a Catholic, you get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, it, I mean, it's just gross. It's just that this drag queen is named Ms. Pentecost. Gr grotesque. That that's heresy. But um, you know, Ezra frequently quotes uh, Shakespeare to me when I'm stuck in the car with him. <laughs> and uh, it's charming. I'm not I'm not mad about it. Um, and it's good. It, it broadens my horizons, but it reminds me of something I think was in the Merchant of Venice. The devil will quote scripture for his own purposes. And mm -hmm. I just saw that in real time by that minister, you know, because yeah. I, I, that's not a priest. That's just some dude in vestments, like LARPing as a man of the cloth. Um, because he quoted Romans 12, 2. I noticed it right away. Romans 12, 2. And he said, you know, I, I love that we have a God who calls us not to conform. That's actually not what, what Romans 12, 2 is all yeah. about. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, and I'll just do, do the ESV version just I know Ezra likes the, uh, the prettier versions, but I like the ESV. It boils it right down. Uh, do you know, Romans 12, two actually says that you are, you are to reject worldly things and use your discernment, um, against these things. It is, it is conformist to be pro drag queen story hour. That's the, and they enforce that conformity with force that you will be canceled from the world called a bigot that's another thing that actually jesus said would happen to us is that we we would be called bigots and hated because we followed what he told us to do but anyways romans 12 2 says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and this is the important part that this guy investments lurping as a priest left out that by testing, you will discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, not just because it's popular, because it's cute, and because this garish man in a sequin dress is standing in front of you, that you should just go along to get along, that you're supposed to use your discernment um, to decide what's right and good and just, and not what Twitter says and media says, but what God says. I'm pretty sure God told us that we were created in his own image and not whatever I just looked at there. You know, Sheila, what you just said is extraordinarily profound. I'll tell you why. Whether he's a reverend, priest, whatever you want to call him, he has one job to do, which yeah. is to 
read and study the Bible and convey those biblical verses. And he's completely screwed up. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So how does he have any credibility? That's his one job. It's like, it's, it's like a, a pilot that says, I love flying, but I can't land the aircraft. You know, you're useless then. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 10, 22, and I don't want to turn this into a sermon, but this guy investments, he might want to learn this one too. Um, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved, as in the people who do not falter and who, not, who do not go along to get along, who compromise their morals and principles for the sake of being liked, much like this reverend is. Um, and the worst part is there's little kids sitting there, right there, th little kids getting indoctrinated into this madness by the people they trust, their ministers and their parents who allowed this all to go on. I think it's grotesque. Unbelievable. Sheila, let's take an ad break. And when we get back, we'll talk about how now Greta Thunberg is evidently an energy industry consultant that the world leaders defer to. Yeah. Welcome to Clown World on Steroids, folks. But check out this spot. We'll be right back. Summer. Summer is over. Some are even saying it might never return. According to the prime minister, this is no time to be joking around. In Switzerland, they're saying you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. German guy. Germany. Germany never did anything wrong. Not that I can recall. Just like the doc said, don't ever go to 2020. Find out 30 years! Dr. Fauci. Yeah, it must have been him. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. If freedom isn't free, but it has the word free in it, is freedom dumb? Maybe it is, but at times like these, we can only look to our leaders to get us out of it. Rebelnewsstore.com I really like that ad by High Energy Andrew says Sheila. I mean, he, it seems to be like he's indeed. yeah he's <laughs> channeling uh, deep thoughts by Jack Handy. You know, do you remember that back when Saturday Night Live was you know actually funny? Uh, but <laughs> you know, so long and ago. I got uh, that one clip of that <laughs> Ottawa resident where he's saying, um, "Well, I can't say it verbatim because he's dropping an f bomb." Where it's uh, five effing days of this horn honking, he can't sleep. I was in Ottawa for almost a month, Sheila. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a deep sleeper. I always stayed at a downtown Ottawa hotel. I could hear the horns and it just kind of, you know, you know, like a, what do you call it? A lullaby. I, I just gently <laughs> went to sleep and it had no effect on my sleep whatsoever. So uh, I don't get it. But anyways, uh, lots of fantastic new merchandise folks and classic merchandise to found at our store. So please, uh, Christmas will be here before you know it, or 
as the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board would say, that special kind of winter solidist day that if you're celebrating, we hope you're happy. Yeah, they'll see solstice. <laughs> they'll see solstice like everybody's a pagan and knows what that is. Anyway. But you can't say Christmas. <laughs> so um, on the climate file... Greta Thunberg calls the possible shutdown of nuclear power plants in Me in Germany a mistake. Oh, did she now? And years ago when Donald Trump said that, uh, he was vilified and mocked and laughed at. Sheila, first of all, um, she is right, which proves the adage, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. It's almost like her green energy schemes aren't reliable, and <laughs> even she knows it. <laughs> so I will give her points uh, for taking a righteous stance. But here's the thing. Why are we going to her? Why is the media, why are those in government, why are those in the energy sector? Greta, we might be shutting down some nuclear power plants in Germany Maybe we won't because we really do need the power given, you know, there's that little skirmish happening in Russia, Ukraine. What do you think? How does she have any knowledge, Sheila, any experience to bring to the table and, you know, be the voice of reason? I don't get it. She doesn't. She's a marketing campaign. I'm so sick yeah. of this little Swedish garden gnome. <laughs> and I'm grateful that since she turned 18, she's largely gone away. But she's worthy of all of our criticism now because she'll be 20, by the way. Yeah. On January, I think, 3rd, she'll be 20 years old. Take a look at that girl. I've got a lot of things to say about <laughs> parents who uh, feed their kids a strictly vegan diet. Ooh. She has almost no secondary sexual characteristics whatsoever. Look at her. I'm don't staying away from this one. <laughs> don't look at she, she isn't. She's an adult woman. She's an adult woman at this point. Yep. But basically, the fact that her growth has been artificially stunted by a depleted diet works in favor of her adult handlers who are manipulating her because nobody on the planet knows this woman is 18. They still think of her as that 15-year-old yelling in your face about nothing, about how they're so disappointed in you. Yeah, I've had teenagers. That's every day around here, by the way. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you should be at the UN lecturing energy companies about the future of the planet. But that's because her, look at her, because her growth has been so stunted by her parents and their crazy diet, everybody still thinks of her as that, uh, I guess grade nine dropout who's been yelling at us for uh, we're approaching five years now. And, you know, Sheila, what I don't get in the bigger picture in the green movement, there is a split. There are those who believe nuclear power is indeed the way we should be going. And I I'm on that bandwagon, too. Yeah. And there's those that uh, denounce it. Um, they're mainly concerned about the, the nuclear waste element. But the point is, I mean, I did a monologue a couple of weeks ago for Ezra on his show when we're looking at the state of California right now, they have legislation in place that in 2035, the uh, the sale of uh, uh, fossil fuel cars are banned. It has to be a full it's electric coming, vehicle. It's already coming to Canada by 2035. Yeah, same date. And there's 17 other states, um, notably Washington, New York, the blue states, of course, that are looking at aping California's energy policy. Now, here's the thing, Sheila. Right now, um, 
there's one nuclear power plant online in California. Only one remains. It has two reactors. One is due to shut down next year. The other is due to shut down in 2024, 2025. I can't remember which year, but very soon. You have already in California roving brownouts and blackouts. And the goal is to replace, I believe the number of cars in California is 14.2 million vehicles. 14.2 million vehicles to make them electric vehicles. Where is the energy going to come from when, forget 2035, in 2022, you already have roving blackouts and brownouts? This is insane. And for Germany, you know, with the crisis in uh, Russia, Ukraine, uh, Sheila, to uh, think about mothballing nuclear power for the completely unreliable wind and solar power that the Greenies love, this is a death sentence for that country. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but I know a lot about green energy schemes because I despise them so much. And my husband works in the oil patch. And so, you know, it's just one of my great interests. You you bring up California. And this ties back into like, this is why your conservatives cannot be fake conservatives. So in 2006, is my face frozen in the most unappealing way? Okay, no, it's not. not. I'm, I'm unlocked again. In 2006, uh, we had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California, fake conservative. Um, but since 2006, California has not, not only been pushing for these photovoltaic fields of garbage we call uh, solar arrays in the desert, bird roasters, but they've also been encouraging people to put solar panels on their houses. And you would think, okay, California, it might make a little more sense than Edmonton where you, we get like five good hours of daylight in the winter. Um, they've been pushing for rooftop solar. They've been incentivizing people to do it, much like now the Canadian federal government is incentivizing people. And the NDP did it in Alberta too. They did this push to like have people put solar panels on their houses and give rebates. Well, as it turns out now, 1.3 million rooftops later in California, the bill's coming due. And by the bill, that means the environmental bill, because these things only have a 20 to 25 year lifespan. Mm. And now they don't know what to do with them because wow. they're so outrageously toxic. They pushed to get them on rooftops in 2006. We're, we're approaching 20 years out and people are scared because they don't know what to do with them. They, they're, they're ending their life cycle you can't recycle them. They're full of toxic chemicals and they have a 1.3 million household problem with these in the state of California. And so um, this is the stuff that the push for green energy, they, they want it to happen now. But what do you do with the fallout in 20 years from now? And they keep telling me that my comfortable SUV is going to spell the end of the world. But <laughs> um, when my SUV reaches the end of its life cycle, we crush it, we recycle it, we start again. You can't do that with these solar panels. It's too bad we don't live in the comic book world, Sheila, because 
if we did, we'd have Superman to collect all the panels and then throw them into space like he did with that nuclear yeah, missile. Yeah, make them the, the Mars. It's <laughs> Mars's problem now. <laughs> Except the resounding, the resounding explosion might um, destroy the Phantom Zone, and then we'd have all these supervillains freed. From, I don't know uh, what you're talking about right now. <laughs> somebody out there does. And if you do, send us a super chat if you know what I'm talking about, so we can educate Sheila Gunry. <laughs> I don't know what nonsense you're talking about. Hey, uh, by the way, Olivia, do we have a B-roll or do you have footage of Daniel Smith being sworn in? Mm. Is that ready yet? She's going to look yeah. right now and find it for us, Sheila. Currently, or momentarily, I think, Albert is getting a new premier, an anti-lockdown premier who um, said that she would go on an apology tour. Um, to apologize for how people were treated and how their civil liberties were violated uh, during the lockdown by the last, again, allegedly conservative premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney. She's also said that she would provide amnesty for COVID scoff laws. Yes. Uh, I'm going to hold her to that. Um, That's so important. Sorry to interrupt, Sheila. That's the key. If there was one question at a press conference I could ask today, that's it. Are you going to fall through on an, uh, reparations, amnesty, however you want to call it? Because that's where you put your money where your mouth is. And she campaigned on that, correct, Sheila? She, she absolutely did. It was at her yeah. very first press conference when she announced that, oh, this is Chief Billy Morin. Um, he's a staunch conservative. Uh, he is the chief of the Enoch Cree First Nation. He endorsed Pierre Polyev. And he is unashamedly conservative. He's pro-business. He's pro-getting um, out of generational poverty. He's an example for his people. And he's on Daniel Smith's transition team, which I think is an incredible thing. So that's just a B-roll in the background. But she's currently being sworn in as we speak right now. And my question to her, uh, David Menzies, would not be, are you going to do it? It's, when are you going to do it? Because I don't think we're going to stop here at Rebel News till she does. And that's why you're the chief reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Actually, I have a, by the way, I do have a petition. It's at lockdownamnesty.com. Oh. Um, if people want to sign that petition and uh, we'll deliver that directly to the premier's office. Uh, just to remind her that these are the promises she made. And actually she made that promise to Adam Sos in her first press conference. So, um, so Sheila, I think that's, that's the first part of healing this province. If you were a betting woman, and I don't know if you are or not, uh, what do you say in terms of Daniel Smith falling through on those promises of uh, amnesty? Will she do it or will something get to her? Kind of like that thing that got to uh, Andrew Shear, Aaron O'Toole, Jason Kenney, for that matter. You know, the mean girls in the media or whatnot. Will she bend the knee or is this going to be, you know, Alberta's version of Margaret Thatcher? I don't think she cares about the media. Good. She was in the media. That's right. She quit because she felt that she was being censored. There were certain things she couldn't talk about when she worked for Chorus. She said, you know, I want to talk about lockdowns. I oh, want to talk course. about vaccines. And instead of just fi being fired, she just quit and then started her podcast and then start like so that she could talk about the things that she wanted at press conferences um, she didn't limit who could come. She didn't limit who could ask questions. So I really don't think she cares, especially with her Sovereignty Act, which is just something that may give Alberta just equal footing in confederation with our friends in Quebec. The media was eating her alive on that, including the national media 
And Jason Kenney, all of a sudden, the media liked him because he said, um, actually, I don't like that uh, Sovereignty Act either because he couldn't keep his nose out of the um, election to replace him. And she didn't budge, not one bit. Good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. She, I mean, she might start walking things back now that she's won. But uh, if she learned anything about what happened to Jason Kenney, if you don't do what you tell Albertans you're going to do, you're not going to finish your term. Oh, well said, Sheila. And, you know, I'd love to have coffee with uh, Mr. Kenny just to find out how much buyer's remorse he has for bending the knee, for backflipping, for flip-flopping, for becoming the Alberta ver version of Mr. Dithers, uh, trying to be all things to all people, satisfying nobody. Um, because if he had to do it again, if he could have been, you know, the provincial version of Ron DeSantis, uh, Daniel Smith is still maybe on a radio broadcast. Uh, yes. I'm just Googling something because uh, I see one of our super chats, which we should get to because I have to move oh, on right. to uh, okay. another thing. And we're past, um, uh, we're past the time. Uh, I'm just trying to, this lady makes a very good point as I look out of the uh, corner of my, these super chats, but we'll, we'll read them right now. Pamela for freedom. You want to bring that up? Perfect. Pamela for Freedom says there are also Muslim towns. This is on our point about the apartheid is not the way that everybody thinks it is. There are also Muslim towns in Israel whereby Jewish people are not safe to go, especially at night. Bethlehem is in Palestine. It's not in Palestine. Palestine is not a real place. It's in Israel, but it's behind the security wall. Um, I, I personally felt unsafe. Um, I she was also in Tel Aviv around Pride season. Um, I'm just trying to look at uh there was a i forget where it was there was a synagogue where it was on the like in the palestinian controlled territories i'll say because i don't want to say palestine it's not a real place um that there was i think there was a synagogue that they closed and i think it was the jewish government closed it because keeping it open would be too incendiary to the Muslim population in the town. I can't remember the name of the town, but yeah, like Ramallah, I don't think is a great place for Jews to go. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember what that was, but um, I can't, uh, I'm trying to remember where that was that, hmm. um, and the, and the Jews there kept trying to reopen it and trying to keep go, going to it. But the Israeli military, I think sort of said, no, don't do it. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. I wish I could remember that off the top of my head, but my my Middle Eastern uh, current events circa five years ago, it's not great. Um, hey, the Dunn gives us five bucks. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung. We're quoting the Bible again. I'm sure this isn't like she lives Christian broadcast hour. Um, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to sin luke 17 2 yes that is jesus uh that's the bible telling you about indoctrinating little kids into your disgusting ideology that it would be better that you were dead than the than that these little kids were encouraged into sin but but sheila you know there's a lot of blame to go around with that story and a lot of the blame 
has to do with parents who would bring their children and get them involved in that, as opposed to saying, this is rubbish and just walking out and finding a new church, quite frankly. I mean, what is in their heads that they think this is a good idea? Because your children are just a, an accessory to your wokeness for some of these people. Unbelievable. Right? You, you see that all the time where they're like, oh, my, no, my baby's trans. And it's like, your baby is... <laughs> It doesn't even have an idea of self outside of its relationship with its its mother. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There, but there are people who are like, I'm going to let my baby choose their gender. So I'm going to give it a gender neutral name like Morgan, which I only think of off the top of my head because that's my dog's name. Um, but, <laughs> which, but you know, like there are plenty of those people out there who are like, I'm going to raise my child genderless. So they, they're not even interested in parenting and raising good citizens. They're just, their, their child is like a, a handbag to them. It's just Where, part of their outfit. Where's the children's aid society when you really need them? Oh, leaving kids with these people and actually children's aid society snatching kids away from Christian parents. If Christian yeah. parents say, uh, 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 no, I, I don't, I don't think you should be choosing this stuff so early or at least not experiencing medical interventions that will be permanent. Nope. Yeah. You're out of that household. Unbelievable. Uh, Fraser McBurney fight the fines recidivist from Hamilton loves his caps locks. Cause he's a passionate man. Gives us five bucks and says, Thanksgiving, some holiday cleaning, cooking, cleaning, washing dishes. I was busy all day. How about you? I was in Kamloops watching my daughter win uh, the Kamloops Rugby Sevens in seven straight games undefeated. Oh, they won? Seven games. Of course they did. They get a little, where's the championship thing? Uh, what do you mean? You want? Yeah. I don't show pictures of my kids on social media normally, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they won. Congratulations! They won and, uh, this would be Riley, right? Yeah, lots of my daughter just coming in like a freight train. <laughs> Sheila, you have the best kids. Congratulations! Yeah, they're Riley. all right. Thank you. Yeah, they're all right. I should write a parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all caught up. Oh, okay then. Well, listen, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in on this day after Thanksgiving or whatever the Hamilton Wentworth District School Board. Turkey Day. <laughs> I want to thank stupid. everyone behind the board, Efren and uh, Olivia, and I think Isabel might be there. And, of course, to my co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and to all of you that tuned in, and especially to those of you who made a donation. We need it. We need it more than ever. There are so many stories, folks. There are so many places as the... Um, you know, the uh, travel apartheid rules come down that will be going to bring you the other side of the story that I know you appreciate. So there'll be two other rebels in this space at 12 noon Eastern tomorrow. And in the meantime, as always, stay sane. I mean, personally, I think that it's, that it's, it's a very bad idea to, to focus on coal when, when this is already in place. But, mm -hmm. but, but of course it's, uh, yeah, it's a very inf infected debate. Um, but for the climate issue, uh, are the, the, the nuclear power plants the better choice for the time being now? It depends. If we have them already running, I feel that it's a mistake to close them down in okay. order to focus on coal.